This is Three Valleys Radio. And it's time for football bloody hell. It's the time of the week when you get your ears insulted by three blokes who think they know something about football. And only three of us this week as well. And just in case you miss my announcement about this theme music, it's in honour of CR7, Cristiano. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Football Bloody Hell. And as usual, we're having good old technical troubles to get started, but I think we're all okay now. But it's uh, we're short-handed again today, so it's just me. Hello, Rick. Are you there? Uh, receiving you loud and clear, boss. Oh, jolly good. And we're also joined this week by Simon Thayer. Hi, Simon. Si. Good evening. That was short and sweet. Well, um. Football bloody hell. What sort of a week have we had, do we reckon? I mean, uh, I know what I've got my, my comments down. And we always tend to start with United, so I'm going to not start with United tonight. Um, I want to start with Everton, actually. 3-0 um, victory over Leeds. Mind you, anybody can beat Leeds these days. I don't know, what do you boys think about that one? Everton, are they going to turn around? Is Frank Lampard going to do the job? I think they've got enough to stay out of trouble. Yeah. Um, but then, so sort of Newcastle now, they've now lost Kieran Trippier, hasn't he? He's got a fifth metatarsal bone broken. So it's hard to, to see whether or not that, that'll affect them. But he's been quite influential since his uh, reign started at Newcastle. But... I'd like to think Frank will do it. I don't think the Premier League... Um, I'm not sure it's a case that the Premier League needs Everton, but Everton are way too big for the Championship, aren't they? Well, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? I mean, you know, the stadium they've got and everything else. But um, I think... And the new one coming... Yeah, exactly. So they're gonna, they, they will want to stay in the, in the Premier League, that's for sure. What do you think, Rick? About... Beg your pardon. What? I missed that bit. What were you saying? Uh, Everton. Do you what? Do you, do, you think, do you think they've got enough to stay up? Oh, they should do, but there's always one team that gets dragged into it, isn't it? There's always one team that's too good to go down. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know. I mean, a three-nil victory looked sort of easy enough on Saturday, and Lampard. I, I don't know what to make of Frank Lampard. I mean, he was a good player. Nobody can question that, but. Is he going to be, you know, just because you're a good player, it doesn't automatically mean you're going to be a good manager, does it? Yeah, but he wasn't He wasn't too bad at Derby. And uh, the Chelsea thing was a little bit close to home, I think. I think they got him in to do a job while they had the transfer embargo. And then they've obviously gone on to a bigger manager. I don't know. If he, if he gets the opportunity to build something at Everton, I think he'll be all right. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. I think so. And you say about anybody can beat Leeds. 
you know, you know who Leeds have got on Sunday, don't yeah, you? Yeah, it did cross my mind after I'd said it, yeah. actually. <laughs> they're going to look like world beaters on Sunday all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, Donny had a good game, apparently, up there on um, on Saturday. I was reading. It's a curious thing with him, though, isn't it? Because two different managers at United have both had him training and not fancied him in, in matches. So mm. why... I, it's still baffles me exactly why he was why he was bought it's got us um although they're different sorts of players the actual scenario has got a bit of a felony about it you know it's desperate for a big name signing <coughs> and that's that's what they ended up with and then never used him so that just make them it's a waste of his time and a waste of united's time really mm, well it'd be interesting to see whether they can bring something out of him so that when he does come back to united or assuming he comes back to united that there'll be there'll be something there to work with you know well, it'll, it'll be back at United because there's no buyout clause on the on the loan contract. So I think it's just a matter of him getting minutes with somebody else and then coming back. And hopefully, if Eric Ten Hag is uh, appointed, of course he's his former manager for my act. If anyone's going to get the best out of Donny, it'll probably be him. Yeah, that's a good point actually, and he does seem to be coming to uh, the top of the list a little bit, doesn't he, Eric? <coughs> Which is good, which is good. And uh, you notice, as I said back in the summer, a, wi- a wild um, guess as to who could be it, Luis Enrique, all of a sudden. Yeah, Fla- flavour of the month, isn't he? Pardon? Flavour of the month. Well, he's, the thing is, he hasn't distanced himself from the possibility of becoming United's manager. So uh, either of those two would be fine, of course. Obviously, the players want Pochettino because the players want an easy life and he's very much a, a player's manager. But yeah. this is, is not talking about Everton and Frank Lampard and what he's going to do, is it? No, it's not. But This, you is, know. this is what happens. This is what happens when Thorpe or a grown-up isn't here to stop us talking about Man United all the time. It just ends up being yeah. us two talking, talking about United. Sai, what do you think? What do you think about United? <laughs> Are you with us, Si, or are you sleeping? Yeah, I just can't hear anything that Rick's saying. You can hear him, but I can't. I can hear you, but I can't hear Rick. Ah, well, that's going to be a bit of a problem then, isn't it? So I'm just guessing that he might be saying anti-Manchester United things, and that's about it. Well, he did sort of touch on Man United, yeah, but it was mainly because I touched on Donny van der Beek. Or Beck, and, uh, I, don't, I don't think he wants to be at Manchester United, personally. Well, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that's the case, but I, I, I certainly doesn't want to be there when he's not being played. But um, you know, I think he probably initially wanted to come there, didn't he? I think if you're bought for that amount of money, you're expecting you expect yourself to play for that team, don't you? And um, he, he just wasn't getting the minutes. But when you've got a squad that size, you've got to expect that when you join a club, you're not going to play every minute of every game. We haven't got that luxury down here in the southwest. We've got to play them in the cup at home tomorrow night with yeah. a full first team squad out. So we don't have the luxury that these sides have got with all these sort of central leagues and um, under twenty one divisions and all that sort of thing. Um, and I think you're just going to take it on the chin if you're a massive club with that amount of players. Chelsea have got the same problem. They've got about 60 players haven't they I don't know I've not counted them so I no yeah, they've got quite a lot I know they've got a lot out on loan but 
it's I, I think Frank Lampard will, will more than do a good job there it's a good sort of stepping stone maybe to go back to Chelsea in the future or, or West Ham in the future maybe because he's a he is a hammer really isn't he well, he's got relations there, hasn't he? Or he did have, anyway. Have you tried waving your um, cursor over the screen? Because you should get a little a load of things across there, and uh, it could be that your your microphone is on mute, not Rick's. Although, having said that, I suppose I couldn't... Uh, you should be able to hear Rick. Yeah, no, I can't. I can hear you perfectly fine, but I just can't hear Rick, unfortunately. Uh, you'll have to shout then, Rick. Probably, probably not missing much, though, to be fair. It goes green when he's talking. Well, yeah, I don't know. That's weird. I might just try and come out and come back in again. Well, be quick. Uh, in the meantime, Rick, shall we shall we revert to cats? <coughs> cats. Cats. Yeah. You know, if, <coughs> well, hey, guy. If if reincarnation is a thing, and I'm reincarnated, I do want to come back as Graham Soonis's cat. Graham Soonis's cat. Oh, because he's a lucky. Yeah, did you hear him on Sky yesterday? No, well, I missed. I, I only just sort of caught a bit of it, but uh, he was getting oh, a little bit worked up. Uh, he, he was. He, oh, yeah, he, he was. He was uh, really down on Kurt Zuma and and a big lover of cats, apparently. Oh, well, I must admit, I'm not a great lover of cats myself. I never have been, but at the same time, I don't don't agree with being cruel to them but that whole, that whole situation the thing that is amazing about it is just the sheer stupidity of it just why if, if you're going to treat your cat like that which is a stupid thing and a horrible thing to do anyway why would you put it on social media what possible good can come of putting it mm. on that it's just brain dead well he's, obviously that's, that's his brother dead. isn't it yeah he plays doesn't yeah he does that's right um yeah, no, and I see he's been punished as well, and he? he's been dropped, or, or I don't know, something like that going on up there. Or well, we know next week, won't we? Because we're playing them. Um, so I don't know whether everybody will roll up at Hewish Park on Saturday with the cats with them or not, but it'd be interesting <laughs> to see, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think I'll bring mine. <laughs> just, just have the whole pitch covered in cats. <laughs> the weather's not going to be the weather for cats. No, or dogs. This is slow will be all right. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, Liverpool, whilst we're on the Everton subject, or sort of, um, easy win, I suppose. I mean, it just annoys me that United go there and can't, and can't beat them, and Liverpool roll up there and beat them. I don't know how how lucky they were. I didn't see the game, but uh, it wasn't very dominant. It was dominant, but they weren't. They were a bit like Yeovil were on Saturday. They just huffed and puffed. and But Burnley are very, very solid at the back and they're very difficult to break down. Man United found them hard to break down. Yeah, precisely. Mm. No, what, what do you think, Rick? It's just a... I don't know. It's, it's funny. Winning is such a habit. and it, There's an aura that goes with the winning sides and they don't... If you're a mid-table team... And you put in this, exactly the same performance as one of the, the bigger clubs at the moment that have momentum. You don't get the same results. And again, going back to United, United had it back in the uh, the nineties and the early two thousands, and teams were beat before you got there. Whereas at the moment, you know, it's it's just a it's a free. I would I would look at it as if I was a team that was playing Man City or Liverpool, I'd give it a go. No one expects you to win, so you might as well go there. And it is a free hit, really. Whereas these. T- 
teams at the moment, they wouldn't say they roll over, but they don't go there with that or play them with any conviction that they feel that they can get a result from it. It's like, well, hang on at nil-nil as long as possible. And then as soon as that goal goes in, then generally they'll, they'll fold. I mean, City had the same thing yesterday. Hmm. But I mean, Burnley. You watched the Burnley game against United, just like I did, and, and yeah. I, I, I mean, I thought, you know, he's done a, a bloody good job there, really. Old uh... Burnley put in a performance like they put in against, and this is every week, like the like the one they put in against United when they played them. They wouldn't be in the in the relegation zone at all. No, because that was the performance of a, of a team that was, you know, mid, mid-table around where Leicester, Villa, Palace, around that sort of thing. That's the sort of performance you expect from one of those sides. Not one that's struggling right down the bottom, and in fact, our bottom. You can tell this is this is community radio because the local community dogs decided to have a go now. Probably upset at the prospect of being on the pitch at Hewish Park on Saturday. I suspect would that be the case, Simon? I think it was a neighbour wanting a parcel that got delivered earlier, if I'm honest. Ah. Well, at least it proves that this is live community radio, but that's, that's the thing, isn't it? That, you know, people, people knocking on the door of the studio. I mean, how outrageous is that? I mean, I, I don't have that trouble in the news centre in the mornings. You don't? Oh, well, you, yeah. I'm thinking of getting a Gatling gun set up somewhere so that if people come in and knock on my door when I'm in the middle of doing something, they'll get it full blast. Um, Newcastle three wins on the shot. Now then, horrible. Hmm. And Trippier, Trippier out with his metatarsal, which to me is these boots. Then the boots that used to, you know, Stanley Matthews do Even in my day, man, boots were thick, horrible things. And now look at them; they're like slippers, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Well, they are, aren't they? And, and it, you know, we Definitely. we we had that spell uh, where Rooney um, back in the World Cup, and didn't he? And he and then two or three other people have done it. And now well, it's I'd like you, you wearing them around the house. Well, who, me? No, 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 I don't think my missus would be over keen on that anyway. But but no, but I mean, I do think the boots are, uh, you know, because you've only got a, if you get it right, you can break somebody's metatarsal very easily. It would appear. Wouldn't you think so? There does yeah, seem to be a lot, of it, a lot of it about. What a lot? Broken metatarsals? Yeah, well, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? It seems to be the uh, the go-to injury. But, I mean, it's... With, with, with Trippier, it's... I still I still understand... I know people say, oh, we do talk about Man United, but he was available. I still don't understand why United didn't go in for him during the January window, but he does seem to have started something going up at Newcastle. And even Dan Byrne, bless him, Dan Byrne was a bit of a comedy defender at, at Brighton. He's gone to Newcastle and he had an outstanding game. Well, he wasn't a comedy he defender at the Oval, to be fair. No, but that was how... He, he, I say that because he had one game for Brighton, whereas, do you remember Jonathan Woodgate when he made his... I think yeah. it was his debut for Real Madrid, where he scored an own goal, gave away a goal and got sent off. And Dan Byrne had a similar sort of game for, for Brighton last season. Yeah. And he's never really been one of those glamour things. But then he, he's gone to Newcastle, admittedly it's his hometown club, and uh, he, he, played, he played really, really well. Yeah. Which is worrying. Yeah. Which is worrying, because I think, it, I think football would benefit. You know my feelings on this. Football would benefit with Newcastle having a spell in the championship because you really don't 
don't need another trinket club in this country. No, I, I mean, I think looking back at uh, Dan Burns' days at Yeovil Town, for example, I mean, he was a pretty solid defender. He, he certainly scored, yeah. he scored a goal. He didn't put a foot wrong in the Wembley final. Now, I know that's a different level, but nonetheless, yeah. it, you know, it was it was well, League One. It wasn't a bad, you know, and it was a big game at Wembley. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm I'm kind of not not surprised that he's doing all right, um, but um, no, you know, it's 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 a uh, can they keep going? That's the point. I mean, that that's going to be it, isn't it? Can they keep going? Uh, no, yeah, I, I mean, I, they've had a little um, spurt now, and that's put them out of the out of the uh, relegation zone. So it's whether or not they press on from that. But any any team that puts three or four wins together. You're going to see a difference in the league table now. Yeah, with yeah. They, they pull themselves away. And Burnley have got about. They're going to be playing twice a week till from now till the end of the season, aren't they? Yeah. Trying to catch up all these fixtures. Of course, Watford are beginning to look as though they're a little bit iffy. I mean, they've. they've... Well, Watford don't look like they're going to pick up any points, do they? No, no. Although, I mean, they're all saying out because it's uh, Roy Hodgson that he's going to tighten up their defence. But uh, I don't know. Is he tightening up their defence? What do you think, Simon? I don't think I've seen any of Watford since Roy took over. You've suddenly got the echo chamber on. Did you realise that? That's because I'm still on the phone to you for some reason. Oh, that's probably why then. That's better. Double bubble. Yeah. That's better. Can you hear Rick again now or not? Yeah, I can now hear Rick. Oh, well, that does make life a little bit easier then, doesn't it? Yeah, I so, guess uh, what Rick was saying. Well, we we were talking about Watford and how how pretty dire they're becoming, and they look like they could be one of the certs for going down. What do you think? I'd, I'd have them and Burnley as my definites to go down, and it's one of, unfortunately, Everton or Newcastle, or even Villa could still get dragged into it. Worst case scenario, although I don't think that will happen under Stevie G. But you've forgotten Norwich. But I, I personally, oh, yeah, I, I don't Norwich. think Burnley are going to. I know they, they've got a couple of games in hand, haven't they? I think I'm right in saying. But um, certainly, I you know, no, I think uh, I think they could do all right. Actually, I think they could just about you know. I mean, they if they can hold United to a draw and hold Liverpool to just a one nil defeat, I think they've got a little bit of hope at the end of the tunnel. Personally, do you agree, Rick? I'd be surprised if. Although I did predict earlier in the season, Newcastle and Leeds going down, I'd, I'd be surprised if it changes from the bottom three as it is now. To be perfectly honest, yeah. The rest well. of the rest of the teams that look like they can put two or three wins together, whereas I don't think those that bottom three will. I certainly Watford look like they're they're going down without a shadow of a doubt. But then that's that's part of their remit. Isn't it? They go up and then they go down again. Yeah, like Norwich. Yeah, but it's, it's that, and along with, say, West Brom, Bournemouth yeah. are turning into that. You know, these clubs that are not good enough yeah, for the yeah, Premier League, but too good for the Championship. Fulham is another one. They'll, they just rotate between them, between yeah, themselves. Burnley will be that case next season as well, won't they? Yeah, whoever goes I think down they'll be up will, be, near the top. will be right up near the top of the Championship without having to do too much, I wouldn't have thought. Well, because they do well financially, together. don't they? You know, yeah. if they go down, they get these huge parachute payments. So it's not a total disaster from a financial point of view. No. No. They protect them 
for a little bit just to ring fence them because they've obviously got players that are on Premier League contracts. Yeah. So they don't have to have a mass clear out as soon as you go down. But the other thing with that is, of course, it gives them a, a, a potential advantage over the other teams in the division. So, Would you argue that's unfair, Rick? Uh, no, I can see why it's done. But what it, what it has done, it, it has just created this group of seven or eight teams that are going to perennially be between the two divisions because they've got that benefit they've got the financial benefit without ever actually having to to win games in order to in the Premier League to get it they don't have to stay in the Premier League to be a functioning financially viable club so no I, I don't know it's, it's a difficult thing isn't it it's difficult it's just what we don't need is we don't need more clubs coming in and getting money from oil stakes thank you very much no I, I agree that's something fishy's gone on at Newcastle. Um, I don't care who's who or what, but then it has the city. <laughs> the same thing happened at Manchester City. They're they're getting sponsorship money in from yeah. and the sponsors are the owners of the club in the first place. So effectively yeah. they're sponsoring themselves. Yeah. Which well, is an absolute racket, isn't it? It's, well, that's the There's always there are always ways around it and um Manchester City have been guilty of this for such a long time now that it's just sort of got swept under the carpet and it's just accepted as the practice of what these teams do. Well, PSG are the prime example in the French League as well, aren't they? I mean, they've virtually bought the league each season. They had a blip last year, um, but they're going to run away with it again this year. I did have an argument for you to, to throw at you, A.D. Hopper, this evening, if I was joining this. Cool, then. That, um we see online and at all levels of football people moaning about refereeing decisions and, and VAR played its or really its ugly head yesterday, didn't it? Um, with the Leicester West well, Ham game. To me that was a and that was a handball or a, an arm ball. And and you've got down to our level where people are saying that the Weymouth players should have been uh, sent off for the tackle that's broken Tushimanga's ankle against Chesterfield um, on Saturday. I've watched and it's 50 and it's just one of those, but they're moaning. We always hear about refereeing decisions at our level, but that's why they're refereeing at our level, I think, is, would be my argument. They're, they're doing it at National League level because they're not good enough to be referees any higher up. I might be wrong, but I know I appreciate the refereeing we've had, and you've seen it, Rick, this season. It's been abysmal at times, hasn't it? It's not great, but then I don't think the standard of refereeing in this country from top to bottom is anything to to um, shout about. I mean, Stuart Atwell, enough said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The VAR screen. He's, uh, yeah. Does his does his best work anonymously, that man. I I, I don't get. Is it called Stockton Park? Stockley. Like that. Stockley. Stockley Park. Yeah. 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 They're not. They haven't got the rhythm of the game. They haven't got the way the, the tempo of the game at all from their end, have they? And generally, they're watching two or three matches at the same time. Yeah. They've got one person watching each game, have they? They've got one person maybe watching two or three games. 
You've gone all funny, Simon. Your microphone. Say something. Hello. That's better. Hold it closer to your mouth because it clearly didn't work otherwise. Um, yeah, but on no the other way. hand, the, the other side of the argument is, and I'm not one for sticking up for referees. You know what my feelings are on referees most of the time. But having said that, these younger referees, some, they've got to learn somehow. They've got to start yeah. somewhere. Where, where, where else? How do you overcome that problem? We haven't got enough referees. The top line ones are all beginning to get that little bit older. So you've got to start replacing them. And now if you don't start them, um, you know, somewhere like in the in the lower leagues, where do you start them? You can't bung them straight into the Premier League, can you? No, no. We've had a, a couple of good female refs and female assistants that females have gone on to do quite well. Your microphone's still playing up, mate. There's been quite a lot of females uh, referees starting to come through now. But uh, you could argue they should just referee men's football matches. But... Oh, well, don't get me started on women in football, please. Because otherwise we're going to lose the whole station, let alone just a few listeners, if I let rip with that. Because it's Monday today, of course, and that Sue Smith's always on uh, Sky Sports News in the morning on a Monday. With that Stephen Warnock, what a pair those two are! Dear, oh dear! I, You'd think they invited football, invented football, that they were the master stroke of, of coming up with it. Dear me! Sorry, but I better not say any more before I get to called out. Have you been hanging out with Andy Gray and Keezy? <laughs> no, I haven't heard their latest sort of. Um, Escalation in the argument, really. What, 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 what have they been saying then? No, just, just, just generally with your dinosaur misogynistic views. I didn't know if uh, they've been rubbing off on you. No, no, I haven't touched base with them lately. I've never been again, brave enough to say that. You know, but uh, it doesn't matter. The the, ge- the gender of a, an official doesn't matter. It's whether or not they can no. do the job. Once we've got at the moment, clearly can't do the job. And I, I keep banging on about this all the time about VAR and mic them up in the long run that would help them because if everybody can see the process they're going through and hear it as as they do with cricket and as they do with rugby then ultimately it would make their situation a lot easier because you might not agree with the decision but at least you know how they've made it yeah but the the only problem with that is that um footballers being such foul foul mouthed gentlemen um, you can imagine if a, you know if they're mic'd up and <laughs> there's a big debate about something, some of the language is going to be more than a little bit fruity, isn't it? Well, they'll end up having to give out red, red cards, or yellow cards, foul language if they're overheard on a microphone. Surely, mm. oh, that's right. Because any sort of language is meant to be a card, but I mean, we're at, especially at our level, we we're quite close to a pitch. It's not that noisy. We can hear what's going on. <coughs> um, yeah, but they're, they're adults. If they can't behave themselves, you don't have to. It doesn't affect anything. Swearing. No. You're absolutely and, right. And trust me, I, I swear more than most people, but I can stop when it's appropriate. And I just, you know, oh, exactly. if, if they're going to make themselves look idiots in front of the nation, then so be it. Yeah, well, I agree. I, I swear more than most. I know, I know that, but at least I can stop for an hour, at least on a on a Monday evening, so, oh, you, know, right. it, you know, some people can, your microphone is still playing up, Simon, um, some people can avoid uh, swearing for an hour if they try hard, can't they, Rick? Because we do. Yes, yes, obviously. 
you know. Obviously. So, I mean, you know, I don't see, see that footballers can't do it to a degree as well. I mean, No, I, I don't. I don't. <coughs> and who, who do they make look bad if, they're, if you overhear them swearing on the... On the on the telly, it's only themselves. It's only yeah. their own image that they that they ruin. And once that hits them in the pocket because of sponsorship deals falling through or whatever, they're soon changed. But it always amazes me. There needs to be transparency. There needs to be transparency with the decision making because at the moment it's not good enough. Mm. So at least you get that. Otherwise, the old, other alternative is to go down the route as we have done. First of all, with players, then with managers. Why don't we get the best officials in from Europe? Yeah, agree. And the yeah. other thing, Rick, Rick, that you mentioned just now, with Go on start again, so let's hear what you got to say. With rugby and cricket, yeah, you don't have the arguments on TV, radio, phone-ins, whatever afterwards, do you? About refereeing decisions in those sports, never. I can't remember one off, off the top of my head. There might have been the odd sin bin in rugby. That was a bit dubious, but generally we don't have anywhere near as many discussions off air about rugby and cricket as we do about football. It's whether that's because they're so reliant on the income from it, I don't know. Well, it's, it's the highest profile sport, isn't it? So it seems to work at a different level to everything else. But then again, the, the scrutiny is quite is more intense at that level. Which is why it beggars belief that they don't make more of an effort to actually get the officiate done right so that then you've got a better product to sell. It doesn't... It, I don't know. I just think VAR, they have the technology in there, we're desperate to get it in, and they haven't thought it through. It's supposed to be constantly evolving, but it evolves from month to month because at the start of the season, we were supposed to have this... Uh, knock-on from the Euros where VAR was used better. The lines were supposed to be thicker for offsides and everything else, but it just seems to have reverted to typo for the last few weeks and we're just getting stinkers of decisions that everyone's in the dark about. Nobody knows until the decision is is made. There's no explanation, there's no nothing. It just happens and away you go. And they wonder why that gets up people's noses. It's ridiculous. How far do you bring this down level-wise if we were to bring in all this, like you say, having the referees mic'd up, because they're already mic'd up so that they can converse with their colleagues. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be... There was an experiment years and years ago when Clive Thomas was mic'd up back in the day, and there have been other instances of it, but just be, they don't have to be, like in rugby, they don't have to be mic'd up constantly, but there is an on-off thing, and if That's there's a VAR true. review... Switch it on then. Get all your swearing out of the way while it's not on. And as soon as he clicks that, then... Uh, but I, I think he hearing the conversation that goes into making the decision would go a long way to pacifying people. And it's like, there, there's decisions that you still wouldn't agree with, but at least you'd be aware of how they came to that decision, rightly or wrongly. True enough, Rick. True enough, mate. Couldn't agree with you Maybe more. something to talk about. Oh, I, I see um, that Ericsson played in a friendly against South End this afternoon. Oh, did he? Did he, oh, did he? Did he get through he was it all right? He wasn't. He didn't actually play. He um, he had a, an assist oh. as well this afternoon. Um, but like I'm saying that some people are still calling it a miracle, but the Italian league wouldn't let him play, would they? Um, it is a risk, and uh, you know, in training, it's got to be awkward for his colleagues. So they, when you go in to tackle him. 
you know, oh shit, am I going to make him have a heart attack or you're going to be constantly worried about him and the opposition, they're not going to go in as hard as they would normally, would they? I don't you know, care what footballer they are. Yeah, but he's been past fit to play, so you've got to, in fairness to everybody, you've just got to assume that he is 100%. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's a pointless exercise, isn't it? You can't, after you, Claude, all the way through a game, he's, he's going to get challenged as much as anyone else. But the medical people have made this decision that he is eligible and capable of playing, so uh, let him crack on with it. He but could. He, he could be. Like contract, doesn't he? He yeah, could it's, be it's what what Brentford want though. At this particular point in time, because Brentford are going through a bad patch at the moment. Yeah, they uh, could do it. You know, somebody playing like that coming in if he can, because uh, you know Brentford aren't that bad a side. I wouldn't have thought. I mean, certainly better than Norwich, for example. I would have put them at. I think they'd be better than. Um, I don't know about. Burnley, because I, I think Burnley are better than they they appear to be in terms of their. Uh, um, yeah, they've only got a, a minus twelve goal difference, whereas Norwich, two places above them, albeit with three more games played, have got minus thirty six. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and Brentford are only minus fourteen, so they're not. But they've only won six and drawn six all season, and that's been their problem. <laughs> obviously, picking up enough points. Well, you need wins, don't you? Draws do you nothing in this in this division. In any division. You, you, yeah, you've got to get those three points, and especially if you get them back-to-back, you get momentum, and you can see a tangible difference in your status in the in the league table, and that just goes for morale, and it's self-fulfilling then. You get on a run. It's easy, this management, like. I, I jokingly said on Facebook on a National League page the other day, I think even I could manage Wrexham. You know, given the um, oh the grief I got for saying that, so I'm never one again going to say it out loud that I can do that. Get on, be brave. To hell but with the consequences. You've got all the money they've got. You know, you should. You put a four-four-two out with the players in the right positions. You should win most games at Man City or Wrexham, where it, whichever league you're in. So uh, we're going to lose. Uh, have to redial it a minute. Um, um, what do we think about this Bruno Large fellow? He seems to be, um, you know, doing quite well, really, at Wolves. Rick? Slow start, and they've picked it up now, haven't they? They've, they've got a system that they play to. I mean, I was at Old Trafford when uh, they beat United 1-0. And <laughs> to be honest with you, what, what, why is that funny, Simon? The fact that I go all the way to Old Trafford and see possibly the worst performance any football team's ever put on the face of the planet. Thank you very much for your sympathy, mate. But um, I wasn't, to be honest, I wasn't overly impressed with Wolves. They've got a system, and they play to it, and they've got their strengths and their weaknesses, and they play to them, obviously. I think they're efficient more than anything else. I certainly wouldn't fancy being a Wolves season ticket holder. No, but they certainly... I mean, they did us a favour beating Spurs from the point of view of fourth place, because... Any points that Spurs drop are beneficial to United, but um, you know they're they're going quite well, uh, albeit as you say, playing to a system which obviously suits them and not everybody else. And somewhat under the radar as well, a little bit Wolves this season. I mean, what they yeah they're seventh, and and they're playing pretty well. They're they're getting points at home and away, and if you can just get a, 
combination of both of those throughout the season, especially in the Premier League, you, you can be looking at Europe next season. And, and it looks as though they probably will do. I'm not sure getting rid of Nuno was the... Well, Nuno wanted to go to Spurs and then it all went downhill for him, didn't it? But yeah, I don't know. Where is Nuno now, anyway? Him. Has he got another I'll job? Um, while you're discussing it, I'll... I think he, I think he has. He's got another. I think he's got another job in Spain. I could be making that up, but that does ring a bell somewhere. Mm. No, he's he's not coaching at the moment. Not since he's left Spurs. He will be coaching in Spain very shortly. <laughs> you heard it. Yeah. <laughs> mm, wow. Um, are you um? Are you going to Hewish Park tomorrow evening? I don't know. We we'll discuss that off air. Um, uh, Bruno Large, yeah, but I mean he is he is basically doing quite a good job, and they're they're going to be pushing United all the way, I reckon, for fourth place amongst other teams. I mean there's there's Arsenal, Spurs, uh, West Ham. Wolves. Well, they have, Wolves have sort of crept into that group, haven't they? I mean, people have been talking about it being between West Ham, United, Arsenal, and, and Spurs, but Wolves have made a bit of a bit of a charge. Like I say, they're you look at the goals scored in uh, they've scored 21 goals this season in 23 games I mean it's not exactly riveting is it no oh, no. but they're efficient they're that team that's efficient they're hard to break down and they get an awful lot of uh, 1-0 wins and, and, and draws they're hard to beat I've seen it <coughs> I wonder where they'd have been now if they'd have kept um, uh, what's his name Jota, Jota. Um, you know he's done quite well at Liverpool. So if, if you transform those goals to he's the... done amazingly well, I never re- I never saw that player no. when he was at when he was at Wolves. I mean he was a decent player and he's obviously an international footballer, but not the way he's playing at the moment. He can do no wrong, which is yeah. sickening. Yeah, clearly Jurgen saw something, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which worries me about this this other um, what few signings he's made in or whatever. Yeah. They haven't looked like they're amazing, and and then they'll they'll go there and he'll do something. I mean, fair play to Jurgen. He might look like a smelly trunk, but he's clearly a very very good football manager. Mm. He seems to be able to get the right. What do you say? He looked like a smelly trunk. I think he does. Hmm. Interesting. I've not heard that one before. That's a new one. I must make a note of that. So, well, it's a bit different now. He's had his teeth done. He's, yeah, yeah. He did look a bit of a wilted wheelie then. Dulux make very good white paint, really, don't they? White paint? Yeah, for his teeth. Oh, come on. <laughs> Keep up. This is this is why your international stand-up career failed, Adrian. Yeah, probably. Probably. But there we go. What about Leeds United? Especially... Oh. Right. What I was about to say before we were so rudely interrupted there was what about Leeds United? Especially bearing in mind... That they are playing Manchester United next weekend. So they'll be amazing on Sunday, I know that much. They'll pick themselves up for that that game, I think. But I think Man United will pinch it by an odd goal. Well I've got a, I've got a feeling that Manchester United are gonna suddenly click into gear. I, I don't know, maybe it's wishful thinking, but I've just got a feeling that it's it's all gonna suddenly come to light but of course did you see that in the paper, uh, um, Daily Mail Gary Re- Neville reckons he knows who in the dressing room are 
you know being destructive. Well, if you, he does a he does a Sky Sports podcast, yeah, which where, which is where I heard it rather than the, the the mail. But in that actual podcast, he says that there are players and players agents who circulate things. This stuff that's coming out of United at the moment, and they do circulate it with a aim of making themselves look big and clever and it's up to the broadcasters whether they use it or not so there is being a prime example well i mean the thing is i would be surprised if it was popular because he's so blatantly instagram poor that why would he need to filter stuff out i mean it's difficult you can't go pointing your fingers at whoever it is but the dressing room at united has been bad for for a while and the standards of the players as just as as footballers, it's been less than it's been uh, necessary at a club like United. But I got a funny feeling, Adrian. I think you might well be right because the first half performances against Middlesbrough, yeah. Burnley, and again against Southampton on Saturday, they've all been good, and then they've fallen a, fallen away. Now, if you can maintain that, and they've not scored enough goals given the shots and possession that that they've had. But sooner or later, you'd think that, you know, those things... Although, admittedly, against Burnley, it's only Manchester United that can go 3-0 up and end up drawing a game one all. Yeah, quite. I mean, they, you know, they've scored, I don't know, must be four or five goals that have either been disallowed or offside or something. So And not, ev- not even close decisions. I mean, they've just actually been... Shockers. Mm. The the one against Middlesbrough, and I hate coming on and and saying this and using VAR as an excuse, but they have coincided. United have, have deserved to get nothing more than draws out of those games, but those decisions haven't haven't helped, and they do just look they're very poor decisions. That second one against Burnley, yeah, well, the, the, the one from Pogba, which uh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I didn't think Can you guys are both. You guys are both Manchester United through. Um, will they not have an eye on their game on the Wednesday after Leeds? Because you've got Leeds sat on the Sunday and then you've got a trip to Spain on the Wednesday, haven't you? Yeah. And I think you've got to be... It's almost a different half a, a different side going out on both of those. I don't think you're going to have the same. I don't think United are playing well enough to, to be able to pick and choose, Si. I think you've got to go with your strongest 11 and and try and maintain and get results all the way all the way through. You've just had this favourable run of fixtures for Ralph coming into the job and they've not exactly pulled up any trees with that. They stayed in touch with the top four but there were a lot of points dropped in that and I don't think United are playing well enough at the moment to be able to pick and choose what team you, what team you put out. Fergie always used to put out a team used to frustrate me because that was at the time when I was going out to Old Trafford a lot and you'd see the team and it, he'd have your stronger players on the bench and he'd, do it, he'd select a team that was just you just felt he was doing it it was just good enough to win and he didn't want to go whereas I'd sort of like like to blitz teams three or four goals up and then make the changes but I don't think United are in that position anymore I think yeah, any, you've had- got, they've got to play the strongest side He wins this year and we're in mid-February and that doesn't. Well, you, good well, reading, what did you say? We were, uh, You've had three wins this year. Oh, this year. Well, that's only two yeah. months. But you're Manchester United. I agree. You should be 
you shouldn't be being looked at by Middlesbrough. Yeah, fake that. You shouldn't yeah, be held by Burnley. Thing. This is what I was saying about that, um, like moaning about those VAR decisions. They shouldn't have mattered. United are big enough and strong enough and have got decent enough players. They should be able to be three or four goals up and you get a decision like that and it wouldn't matter. But they're the not. The games you won, West Ham by a solitary goal, you, you went to Brentford and outplayed them. I think they were scared of you. And you, you knocked Villa out of the cup. But other than that, it's not been a great, great no, it's year not been great at all. Is it because the players don't really want to be there? They've got no direction. The players, at, some of the players at Manchester United, is the Mason Greenwood thing causing an issue? Absolutely, because you could, <laughs> when you've got all these shots, um, right? You have taken all these shots and not scoring goals. The one bloke who had a really good conversion rate right, was Mason Greenwood, and he's ruled himself out of uh, selection. So that hasn't helped. I mean, I, I think on, on the Mason Greenwood thing, if it, unless he's found not guilty and I sincerely hope he is but I, I don't know because I don't know enough about it but um, I would have thought his, his days at Old Trafford are finished totally I can't yeah. see him ever getting back into the side uh, or, or any other side come to that if he was found guilty who would, who would, em, who would employ him with the baggage that comes with that if, mm. if he is and if he is found not guilty I hope it's because he is not guilty yeah. not because We've got an OJ Simpson situation where he's got enough money to sort mm. things out behind the scenes. If he's if he's done what he's accused of having done, then he deserves to go down for a long time. Mind you, having said that, and I mean we're probably on dodgy ground here anyway. Um, it, it seems surprising that he's been released on bail. If if he has, you know, if he is, well, it'd be well spotted. It's, they've took his passport off him, haven't they? Yeah, but. He, he he's so well known that he, it's not as if he could go and hide somewhere. He'll be spotted eventually. Or well, somebody said he saw him coming out of Tesco's in Yeovil, but I don't know if it's right. Or not. But um, that was as Asda. Oh, Asda was it? Sorry, um, Elvis, Elvis was in Tesco's. Ah, oh, that must have been it. Um, let's move on to Yeovil because uh, we can always come back to United if everybody hasn't had enough of them already. Um, Yeovil going through a, a, a very strange period, really. Um, a 10, 11, must be 12 games now, I think I'm right in saying. One win, does that sound right to you, uh, Simon? Is it yeah, 12? It's not, it's not great re- reading at mm, all. No. Not in the slightest. Um, you know I've, I've mentioned to you is going to be the new assistant manager. I think that's going to help. I can't, I yeah, but I, I think you should. Uh, I think you should hang on a minute. Let, let's not, let's not get carried away here. All you've seen is Charlie Lee happened to be at Eastleigh. Now that's all you're basing that on. So I don't think you can go making no, I had statements. A conversation with him as well. Yeah, but even so, I don't think you can go making statements. You you know you you've got to be a little no. bit careful how you do these things. And that's what I said. I can't say anything. Yeah. No. Well, you've no, already said no, it. No, that's I mean, why. <laughs> But but nonetheless, he's obviously looking for a new assistant, and it would make sense. But at the end of the day, until an announcement's made, we can't we can't sit here and say he's the new assistant manager because he's not. Okay. When was the last time anything at Yeovil made sense? Well, that's a good question. I mean, it, the the rumours just keep coming all the time. I mean, I reckon he's relentless. Every week for the last. 10, 12 weeks must be. It's been, it's this week. 
it's going to be this yeah. week, folks. And yet, each week comes and each week goes, and nothing happens. So well, Mark Bertram was at Wildstone the other night, and mm. he's part of the conglomerate with Julian Jenkins, isn't he? Uh, apparently so, yeah, yeah. And he is not to be taking um, over from Darren Soul. He'll be a football advisor for Julian Jenkins, for all accounts. Well, hearsay, but yeah. Hearsay and speculation still. The subject was really more so of what Oval's results. But if you go through them and dissect the games a little bit, Needham we can forget about. But Wrexham, you were at that Wrexham game, Rick, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. And Yeovil, that was the best I'd seen Yeovil play for a very yes. long time. Up, up until um, the Wrexham equaliser, that was impressive. At whatever level you look at it, that was an impressive performance. Against a team of, that they've had out, it was a superb performance. And we were unlucky not to get a, at least a point against Wrexham. We then beat Woking. Um, we've had... A couple of draws. You can't really use the Weymouth game because it's a derby and, and form goes out the window with that. Sunhol scoring, score for fun. Dallas scored, what, 11 goals in January, um, it, which is more than any player scored all season for us. Um, and it did appear from the press conferences that Darren did try to sign him as well. Um, then you had the Wilston and they've all admitted even Luke Wilkinson said he was terrible Darren Soul called him useless yeah. and then I was there on Saturday and again we were defensively superb Olamola just ran out of steam after an hour but he's not really played much lately so I, I'm I'm not worried about us going down by any stretch of the imagination I think we're just going to miss out on the playoffs it's we're ten just points, a, isn't it? ten points outside. Yeah, the we're just a couple of goals away. Whether Ola Muller um, is the right man for the job, I don't know. But he certainly live well. He excited supporters online when it was announced that he was coming. Um, you mentioned earlier off off air on the phone that w what's his issue with uh, Reuben Reed? He, he rages on about him being like you said to me, AD that. He's meant to be the best back-to-goal scorer in the um, mm. in non-league football. Well, if he is, why isn't he starting? I, I can't answer that. You'd have to ask Darren Sol that. But uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's, it is a, a relevant point. And then you've got um, Adi Yusuf. I mean, you know, he's he's scored a few goals. He might not be the greatest centre or centre forward in the world, but he's scored a few goals since he's arrived at Yeovil, hasn't he? Yeah. He knows where the goal is. He yeah. just needs a little bit more confidence when he's getting the ball. And he, he did seem to shy away from going up for headers quite a lot. Um, he seemed to be scared of heading. And then I, I, a lot of fans seem to have noticed that he's he's not that keen on heading or going mm. up for headers anyway, especially competing against <coughs> bigger men. Because Adi Youssef is not the biggest bloke in the world. No, I bumped into him in Marks and Spencer's and realised that he wasn't the biggest man right. in the world. Did he fall over there? No, no, he didn't oh. fall over. Well, you said you bumped into him, so I wonder. <laughs> um. Um, then, during the second half, Rick, wh yeah. where we went wrong on Saturday is that we took Ola Muller off and didn't replace him with a striker. So we had, like, five midfielders across 
and which no is, one... Which is fine for maintaining possession and allegedly controlling the game, but you need someone to score goals, and that's what's going to come... Our funny feeling, that's what's going to come round, and that's what's going to bite Yeovil, is yeah. that Darren's working marvels with that squad, given what he's got, and it's... We were saying last week, it always seems to be one in, one out. He's never got a full squad to pick from. And they do look solid. It's just the goals. The goals are missing. And that is the the one currency that is vital in football. You've got to, you've, got, you've got to score goals. And they're going to end up, probably, I think, wouldn't surprise me if Yeovil ended up where they are now, about 12, 13, around that sort of thing, simply because of the lack of goals. And trust me, right. we want them to score goals. A leapfrog by South End at the weekend. That's how bad things have got. Yeah. But then they've turned things around since Kevin Mayer took over. After well, they've had a they, run, haven't they? Yeah, they've they've gone really well, and I think they could be a sneaky, sly bet for the playoffs. I think they'll go up in the playoffs where they're playing. Uh, Dagenham don't like playing us. We could get a one nil against them and hope Torquay lose and we go up and play them go our way but we need a lot of results to go our way for it's in that sort of territory now isn't it it's not it's sort of taken out of Yeovil's hands now they do need results to go go their way I mean this last week not picking up two wins there they'd have won the Eastley and the Wilson games and that would make a hell of a difference to where they are right now oh god yeah you're really been, knocking on the door of the playoffs being 10th just below yeah. <clears throat> um, Notts County if we'd won those again, last two matches Dagenham on Saturday is looking like a, you know again is it the last roll of the dice do you if you don't beat Dagenham do you get too far away from the, them and the rest of the group in order to make a, an actual proper challenge for it and just accept the fact that for the rest of the season it's it's going to be seeing out fixtures really I mean yeah goals. but I think it, it, it's it's goals. It, it's alarming, though, to look at Yeovil went was it thirteen games without defeat? I think something like that. Yeah, and really yet they've run. gone from thirteen without defeat to one in twelve, one win in twelve, which is which is pretty poor. And to, to you know why why such an alarming change of fortune? You know, if if you'd sort of got four or five out of twelve, well, you know, you could perhaps make a case for it. But one out of twelve. It's, it's, it's not great, is it? It's not. No, managers have been sacked for less. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think Yeovil are in a position to sack their manager, even if they I wanted to. They can afford to sack him, can they? No, they no. can't afford to sack anyone. But I mean, I, I think I, when you look at some of the players that Darren has brought in, I mean, this guy Barkley apparently is 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 really good. Don uh, Dan, Dan Moss was was excellent. I mean, a really good choice. He can pick him. I'll give him his due. There, he's brilliant. He picks out some good players. Very Barclay good players. Saved us from a one-nil defeat on Saturday. Yeah, it was a mad scramble in the goal mouth, and uh, Barkley batted it away. And they were celebrating him and Wilkinson like they'd just scored the winner. Yeah. I mean, it comes to something when we're celebrating goals not going in. Um, but I mean, I think and to be fair to Darren Sard as well, all this speculation in the background is the club going to be sold? Is it not going to be sold? That must be absolute purgatory, I should think. How can you concentrate on your job when you don't know whether you, whether we even got a job at, at the end of the day? Because well, it's not the easiest circumstances to no. uh, to do your job in, is it? I mean, it's no. a hard enough job, as we said before, working with like a, a wafer thin squad. 
and then you've got constant speculation about everything around him. Well, not only that, he's lost his assistant, who, yeah. you know, Terry was, was very much a part of the club for years. So to well, suddenly nobody knew, knew the setup better than Terry Skippert, really, did they? No, precisely so. Which is why so many managers kept him, kept him in a job, because yeah. he didn't have the job for them. Well, and he, kn he knows what he's talking about, too. You know, I'm sure he'll do well at Charlton. Uh, you you uh, brought up this subject about players and their jobs and, well not just players but management and everyone not knowing what they'll be in next year I heard a conversation about Burnley going back to them and the quality of players that they've got available on free transfers at the end of the season at Burnley is enormous mm. and they did wonder will the, the pressure of knowing that you're, you're basically now in the shop window could it not improve Burnley because their players are looking for contracts in the summer, either at Burnley or elsewhere. Um, and they're obviously going to wait and see whether Burnley stay up or not, whether they'd stay at Burnley. But we'll have the same issue, surely, that players are going to be playing for a contract next season, not necessarily with the overall, but they'll, if they want jobs elsewhere, they've got to prove themselves at this level. And if they're not able to do that, but... Joe Quigley, I didn't think, was all that, and somehow we got six figures for him. So, again, speculation, mate. Well, it was it. We know it was at least six figures, though, don't we? No, we don't. You're speculating. Yeah, that's 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 what you know. You've got to be careful what you say on these things, Simon. Um, we don't know. We don't know how much he, he got. It was some re reportedly a, a reasonably good fee, but we don't know. You know, but. Uh, no, I mean it's it's it is worrying. There's no there's no doubt about that. It's worrying for the for the manager and and quite clearly, you know, when I go to the press conferences, there are times when it gets brought up and whether it's me bringing it up or somebody else bringing it up that oh, you know, you can almost say oh, here we go, we're on to this again, and it's it's every week the same, and it, you know, it must be very hard for him to keep everybody chipper and sprightly and and thinking positive when constantly getting these you know these debates and these uh, uh, on whether he's staying or whether the club's staying or what's happening with the club very very difficult and I think under those circumstances he's doing a damn good job so, doing a I think so very good job with. what's that Rick? I think he's done an excellent job given uh, what he's got to work with the circumstances he's working in yeah budget to even yeah the budget everything combined even to be talking and considering Yeovil as contenders for promotion albeit through the playoffs is remarkable really mm. considering everything that's, go everything that's going on at the club Yeah, so He says we've got a budget for the bottom five or six clubs haven't we? Yeah mm. Yeah no it's, it's it's disappointing because we want to see Yeovil do well and you know but uh, well, was... Having had a taste of it in the not too distant past it would be nice to uh, get yeah. back to that situation again Wouldn't ever Definitely. The phrase um, "back where we belong" is—is is that really true? With the club, I know we've been to the championship, but uh, uh, do we belong in the league? Are we a mid-to-top table? Yes, yeah, I think I think we deserve to be in at least League Two. In, yeah, in the football league, I think you, you're talking about a club that was in there for what 15 consecutive seasons. I think that's enough to establish yourself and say that that's where you should be. I mean. Obviously, not necessarily at championship level, but certainly Yeovil have got the potential all around to be a, 
a strong and competitive League One, League Two side. Well, gentlemen, it is now on 59 minutes and about 20 seconds. So that means that we've got to say goodbye. So to everybody that's listened to us tonight, thank you very much. I haven't had any bricks through the window yet, so I suppose something must be right. It's not uh, gone out yet. Oh, no, that's true. Maybe Wednesday, Wednesday. night. Wednesday Take night. Cover on Wednesday. Yeah. But uh, in the meantime, don't forget, we've got full match commentary of Yeovertown versus Dagenham and Redbridge on Saturday. Um, possibly even the Somerset uh, Senior Cup tomorrow. But uh, since we haven't discussed that yet, I can't really tell you. So thank you for listening. Thank you, Simon, for joining us. Uh, no, no problem. Late re- replacement. And uh, thanks, Rick, for being there as usual. And um, Not a problem. Join us again next week. Same station, same place. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs>